My friends, God always has perfect timing, of course, but it seems to me uh, particularly perfect timing these last few days. Friday, of course, we celebrated the memorial of an extraordinary saint, Saint uh, Philip Neri. In almost 500 years ago, in 1544, only a couple days before uh, he would celebrate the solemnity we celebrate today, Pentecost, he was in the catacombs, which was his daily custom. And he would often find himself, as he was that day, praying before the tomb of St. Sebastian, an extraordinary uh, martyr of the church. And Philip was begging, begging the Lord for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be strengthened in him. And then he would later describe what appeared to him as a globe of fire. The Holy Spirit, this globe of fire, came into his mouth and went down and lodged in his heart. He was filled with the fire of divine love. He was hardly able, in fact, to endure the intensity of this divine love. He, uh, well, he had to even throw himself to the ground to try to endure the intensity that he was experiencing in that moment. He felt his heart swell. In fact, his heart did swell. It grew. It grew, in fact, so much that it broke two of his ribs. He felt uh, this, uh, this fire within him. Uh, and he, uh, from that day forward, would be filled with the Holy Spirit in an extraordinary way. In fact, he was so physically filled with the Holy Spirit, he was so hot, he would oftentimes have to discard his clothing uh, because the intensity of God's love for him was so great. Philip told no one. He told no one of this extraordinary event until 50 years later when he was on his deathbed. And he called one member of his community, one of the younger ones, and he told them the details I've just outlined for you, and perhaps other details as well. And he asked this young man, please tell no one until you too are on your deathbed. He told nobody, yet everyone knew. And not just a hundred years later, when this became known and they exhumed his body and saw that this was true, his heart had grown, his ribs had broken. He told nobody, but everyone knew because the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit were so obviously and abundant in him, especially the fruit of joy. My friends, today we celebrate the solemnity of Pentecost. And Pentecost is not just another Sunday, is it? You know, at Christmas we exchange gifts, we give each other presents, right? At Pentecost, the Father and the Son send forth their spirit. God gives us the gift of himself. He gives us wisdom and understanding, counsel, knowledge, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord, that first and lowest of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that awe and wonder 
of God and his uh, love for us. And when we accept these gifts, these gifts of the Holy Spirit, we experience then the fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and no doubt on and on. Pentecost is not just another Sunday. There is, we know this, a spiritual battle going on for our souls. We need Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is, after all, the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the sanctifier. We need this solemnity. We need the Holy Spirit in order to become saints. The Holy Spirit was given to the apostles in order to establish Christ's church on earth. And since the Spirit remains present in the church since that first Pentecost, the church continues to be the principal means through which Christ is present in the world. Today, of course, is our birthday. Happy birthday. And so we are filled with joy and peace and love and all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Today, we celebrate the reality that the church continues Christ's mission on the earth. She is the sacrament of salvation, a visible sign of a hidden reality, a sign, an instrument of the communion of God with his greatest creation, the greatest part of his creation, the human person. My friends, in a certain sense, our whole Easter journeys, our Lenten journeys as well, has been helping us to see, to believe that Jesus, God, is working in our lives. That God did not leave us alone when Jesus ascended into, the, into heaven. He ascended into the sacraments so that we could share in great intimacy in the intimate inner life of the Trinity that the Spirit could activate the, the fruits, his fruits in us, the fruit of peace and joy, and on and on. And he gave us his church, sending the Spirit to guide her. Today, we celebrate that this same Spirit remains active in the church. Jesus foreshadowed this with the Great Commission. Go therefore and baptize, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He foreshadowed this when he spoke of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of all believers. We first experiencing the intensity of that encounter, this indwelling in baptism. And over and over again in those rooms in the back of our church in the sacrament of mercy. Jesus came to save. He sent the Spirit to save. He breathed on the apostles, his first priests, to give his power to forgive sin. And what an extraordinary gospel we return to today. Of course, that Easter, that first Easter. Jesus appeared to his priests. He, he appeared to the early church, right? The pre-church, I suppose. And, well, he came through those locked doors and he presented himself to them after he had risen from the dead. And he did not say, hey, where were you guys? 
Here I am, I'm enduring this passion, ultimately dying for you, and you deserted me. Where were you? I am so, so disappointed you have let me down. No, he did not say any of that. He said, peace, peace be with you. And so we are filled with joy. Pentecost isn't just another Sunday. Today, we celebrate the reality that Jesus Christ showed his wounds to the apostles in the upper room. He shows those same wounds to us here today. He wanted them. He wants us to know the extent of his love for us, his love for you and me. His wounds remain that reminder of the intensity of God's love for us. He knows our pain. He has experienced our pain. He took it on the cross. Today, we celebrate the reality that as Father Martin Laird said, the God we seek has already found us. He's found us. He already looks out our own eyes, is already, as St. Augustine famously put it, closer to me than I am to myself. Today, we celebrate the reality that we were strengthened in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our confirmation, strengthened. You know, in our baptism, we received these gifts. It was to save us. We need these gifts. And we were strengthened in these same gifts at confirmation, yes, for us, but also to be sent out to help somebody else, these others in our life, to also experience its gifts and to be transformed by his grace. We are soldiers for Christ in a world that so desperately, desperately needs us fighting for their salvation. We're also fed by the Spirit in the Holy Eucharist. For where Jesus is, the Father and the Spirit are also present. Every day, we have access in profound, truly uh, transformative ways to the Holy Spirit in and through the sacraments. But also in our daily, generous, please God, and surely relational, intimate prayer. We celebrate today that while, as St. Paul said, we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in speech. We don't know how to pray as we ought, but every one of us knows how to waste time with the Lord. To just come here throughout the week, our Lord has made himself, manifest himself here in adoration throughout the week. We can all just waste time with him. Just sit here in gratitude. Sit here in total love of what he's doing in and through us, perhaps even through suffering. The Holy Spirit, my friends, is also present in holy marriages helping spouses to get each other to heaven, to experience that union ultimately with God in the beatific vision. The Holy Spirit is present every time Father and I or any priest goes to the hospital and administers the sacrament of anointing 
of the sick. In so many thousands of other ways, the Lord is truly working in and through his spirit here and now. My friends, today we celebrate the reality that Pentecost is not just another Sunday. Because in having descended at that first Pentecost, the spirit remains. It remains bestowing wisdom, strengthening faith, guiding us, inspiring us. The Spirit continues working in the church. The Spirit continues working in each of our lives as a force for all that is good within them. And so we have confidence. We have humble confidence in the Spirit. Humble confidence in the moving of God's grace in our lives. We are comforted. Comforted by the Comforter, comforted by the Holy Spirit and his power. We know God's love for us, that he desires our happiness. He desires our joy and our peace even more than we desire it for ourselves. His spirit does work in and through us. He pours forth his love and mercy upon us. He does this through his spirit and principally in and through his church. My friends, today we mark the end of the Easter season, 50 days, 50 days when we've been meditating on Easter joy, the joy of the resurrection. And so today, as we speak of the Holy Spirit, as we speak of the birth of the church, as we reflect upon the completion of Christ's Paschal mystery, the Father and Son sent their spirit. They completed, he completed, Christ did his mission. And while Jesus' mission is in a certain sense complete, of course, he continues to work in time. But now our mission begins. For the spirit that descended upon the early church descends upon us today. It is good that we are all gathered together, all in one place together, for it is within the church, or perhaps we don't feel or experience that strong driving wind, but we can be assured that within the church, the Spirit is pouring forth upon us. We'll fill not just the, this house of worship, but all the hearts and minds within it when we open ourselves to it. As the Holy Spirit rests upon each of us, he desires to fill us, to fill us with awe and wonder, to fill us with that same fortitude, that courage that enabled the heroic men and women of our country to give their lives so that you and I could be free. That same gift, fortitude, courage, is offered to all of us, perhaps in a similar sort of way to, uh, I know many of you do help defend our country, but also to defend us, defend each other, and this spiritual battle that rages all around us. We need courage. We need this gift of fortitude to begin to speak out, to speak of justice and peace, to speak of the God of love and mercy, to proclaim the mighty acts of God. The Lord sent and continues to send his spirit, as the psalmist so beautifully said today, and he desires to renew the face 
of the herb, beginning, of course, with each of our own hearts and minds. You know, perhaps we have not had a heart-enlarging or a rib-breaking experience of the Holy Spirit like St. Philip Neri. If any of you have, please let me know. I will get your cause up to the Holy Father. Yet each of us has experienced the Holy Spirit at work in us. God has continued to pour his gifts of the Holy Spirit upon us to strengthen us for the important mission. And he does this so we can be that instrument of the same grace we have received to all the others in our life in this increasingly darkened world. Perhaps some of you are having the reaction that Moses had so long ago. God told him that he had a plan to free his people. Moses thought, great, awesome, Lord, you have a plan. God told him, you are going to be the one to implement this plan for me. And Moses was shocked by this plan that the Lord would want to use him to bring about this freedom for everyone else. But it is true. It's true for you and me as well. We are to be that instrument of grace to another. Each of us is called to do this by first nurturing the gifts we have all received, by living the sacramental life of the church, by generously entering into the silent union of God that is a relational daily prayer, by serving our neighbor. The fruits of the Spirit will then be manifested in and through us. Those fruits, the fruit that we all desire, yes, love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and generosity, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control, and no doubt on and on and on. Then, like St. Philip Neri, everyone will know we have encountered the God of love and mercy. We've experienced his life-giving spirit because the fruit of the spirit will pour forth from us. My friends, the world needs us to respond to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life. They need us to be filled with joy because we have found and fallen in love with our Savior. So joy just exudes from us, even in the midst of suffering. People in our lives need us to be instruments of peace and love. Those around us are literally crying out for us to help them to also fall in love with them. They may not know this. They may be responding in contrary ways, but it is a cry for help. It's a cry to love them, help them to find peace. They are begging us to be instruments of love and mercy. May each of us more perfectly respond to the gifts of the Holy Spirit we have received, continue to receive. May we allow his fruits to be active within us as we share the joy and peace that is Christ. And may God be praised. Amen. <laughs>